Welcome to the Pop Culture Podcast. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes till the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh, I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, I can't even stand the face I see in a mirror. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, Life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing. It's the guy who's willing to die who's gonna win that itch. And I know if I'm gonna have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. Hell yeah. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. 
Nice football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you gonna do? I was thinking about it today. Hi, everybody, by the way. Um, Welcome to Garage Talk with <laughs> Gabe and Eric. You really want to change the name of the podcast, don't <laughs> no, you? No, I don't. I just want to keep doing that intro. <laughs> like we're some kind of like an NPR show. Yeah. Welcome to All Things Garage. <laughs> I don't know how those guys do that voice. Yeah. Uh, they all have the funny. same voice, too. It's weird. <laughs> it is weird. They all have uh, some sort of like a... It's like the anti-strip club DJ voice. <laughs> a very nasally... Yeah. <laughs> like they're... Cat, like they're crass, uh, clasping uh, tea with both hands as they're talking. Like if you went in there and clapped really loudly, they'd pass out. <laughs> they're like those goats that they pass out. Cats, yeah, they just fall over. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to oh my gosh, <laughs> and they're dead. That's okay. Then we can have a show on PBS or NPR. That would be fun. I don't understand NPR's model. Like, it's like, oh, I heard this on NPR. Oh, what city in NPR are we listening to? It's like, I thought it was national, but then I guess <laughs> national, not. I don't know. No, that is, that's not what that It's regional, anymore. it's national, who knows. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you, do you watch the World Cup? I try to. There's dogs barking in the background, everyone. It's because we're recording this in the garage. It's hot. The windows are open. <laughs> yes. So, I hope you... Summertime. Um, hope you appreciate the ambiance yes. of the suburban sprawl. If it gets too bad, I'll yell, Shut the fuck up! No, please don't do that. <laughs> My neighbors and I have a good relationship. <laughs> I don't care about that. <laughs> That's true, you don't. Why would you? You don't get to eat his tamales and mole that he brings over. Well, maybe if I did... Wouldn't yell loudly for the arms to shut. The I think I'm gonna shut that window. I think it's it's ridiculous now. Okay, quiet. He's probably barking at us. Yeah, no doubt he is. Yeah, he's he, probably barking at me because he doesn't know me. He doesn't know like, me either. He hates you've me. Never had he got out one day. In mole. It's true. He got out one day and I was like, "Hey, buddy, let's come back over here." That dog tried to bite my ass. He didn't like me. Oh, now my cat's coming to say hi. Cat's it's, gonna jump on my face. It's like Animal Planet in here tonight. <laughs> Uh, if he barks anymore, I'm going to shut the window. You hear that dog? i got to get up there and check it out. Yeah, she is. She's literally up on the window so now. That's oh. going to make the dog bark more. That's what most podcasts don't have. Like Jimmy Fallon, he has animal people on. Yeah, we should. We should just do an animal show. Like, this is a cat. <laughs> we'll never know. This is never a kangaroo. Know. Check out this bald eagle. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bird of prey. This is a real special one, everybody. <laughs> we got this from a really special island. This is a velociraptor. <laughs> Very rare species. <laughs> the best part of this would be the noises that we would make to try yeah. and em- emulate the animals. Oh god! What would happen is, is I would introduce an animal and then you'd have to emulate it. So then you get back at me, you'd introduce an equally shitty animal. And here we have the northwestern humpback whale. <laughs> yes, yes. All here in the garage. <laughs> in the garage. It's weird it that is. the Velociraptor hasn't eaten the humpback whale yet. <laughs> yes. Or everything. It really. is staring at him very conductively. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from the whale. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, <laughs> we, 
Um, I was asking earlier, do you watch the World Cup at all? Yeah, I've, I've tried to watch it. Like, oh, I want to watch it. And, you know, I... <clears throat> the best part of the World Cup for me, and it was the same way the last time when it was in Brazil. I don't know how often. Is it? They don't have it every year? I don't know. I like to say it's every four years because I think it's like the Olympics. I'm probably so. wrong. I every two years. Anyway, two, maybe. Uh, why I like it is, is because I... You can just put it on, and then there's no commercials, and it's you just can just watch the soccer game. And it's kind of, it's I enjoy that. I enjoy being able to just watch it and sit back. And I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a soccer fan, but right. I can I can watch it for you know just put it on and let it play. I think the most exciting part for me is the four times they've scored goals. Yeah. I don't know. I, to me, soccer it's weird because it's super fast because they're always running, mm-hmm. but it's so slow. Yeah. It's I, I would rather watch baseball than watch soccer, and baseball to me is probably one of the slowest sports next to golf. Yeah, I can't watch baseball unless I'm at a, like at a game, you know, doing other things or yeah, you know, you're there with it's an experience people, though. you know, exactly. But yeah, soccer, I don't know. Have there ever been a good? Well, yeah, okay. Remember the movie um, Victory? It was in the '70s had Pele and Stallone and Michael Caine. No, it's a really good movie. Oh, no, is it called Victory? I think it's called Victory, yeah. It's about these, like, prisoners who are playing... It's kind of like the longest yard, but for soccer. Okay. And they have to, like, play, and they escape and during the game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty cool. And it's, it's, you know, that's when Pele was, was the man, and they kind of figured out a way to stick him in a movie, yeah. basically. But I can't think of any other really good soccer movies. Uh, what was no. that Will Ferrell one with Mike Ditka? Oh, yeah, with the kids. That was funny. But that was like a soccer mom movie. That wasn't like a yeah. soccer movie. I can't think of any good like real like any, like real soccer. Bend it like Beckham. That was the movie, right? That was more about Kieran Knightley's midriff than anything else. Well, I still haven't seen I, it. I liked it. Shocked. Damn it. I saw it. I saw it because I was hoping David would show up, but he never did. No? No. Well, there you go. They just talk about David Beckham, but they don't show David Beckham. What are your favorite? Do you have favorite sports movies? Like, what would you say your favorite sports movies are? Yeah, I've got favorite sports movies, but are they all football movies? Uh, I think most of them are. But then, like, you know, there's movies like The Last Boy Scout that you say it's a football movie, but it really is. Is it? Nah. No, it's a movie that involves football in the sort of in the background. Yeah. That's like... But Friday Night's a Great Night for Football. That's like seeing the movie Out for Justice by Steven Seagal as a mafia movie just because he's Italian and he's killing a guy in the mafia. <laughs> Not really a mafia movie. Uh, what about... Um, there's a couple like movies I was thinking about the other day that were sports movies that are kind of like on the fringe that you don't really, people don't talk about that are really funny or good. Like the movie Tin Cup. That movie's yeah. funny. I like that movie a lot. I think it's a good movie. I've only seen that once and it was a long time ago, so I can't really speak on it. It's a, it's, you know, it's Kevin Costner being the same Crash Davis character from Bull Durham, but yeah. he's a golfer. Okay. And I think it actually relates a little bit better because the degenerate golfer guy who's never really made it, but has made it is, is kind of a more relatable character than the, the baseball player who's never made it, yeah. I think. Because, I, I mean, you think of those guys. I, mean, I used to work at a golf course, and the golf pro guy was, like, a dude who 
you know, just miss making the cut, but was still super good. Yeah. It's one of those weird sports where you can, like, technically by any other sports standards suck at it because you don't actually play pro. Right. But still be super good super at it. Super good, yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, that was, that, that's a cool movie. I like Tin Cup. I like Tin that Cup. one. I think another, like, funny one that wouldn't, I don't know, that uh, necessary roughness. Such a great movie. <coughs> so many good laughs in that movie, but it's like, it's just an over-the-top kind of comedy, really. Yeah. I think if somebody other than Scott Bakula had starred in that movie, it might have been bigger. Yeah. He was kind of a, they were kind of trying to cash in on the Quantum Leap you know, crowd, but those are totally different crowd that would watch Quantum Leap that would watch a sports movie. Yeah. <coughs> Sinbad was in that Excuse movie. Me. That was when Sinbad was big. Sinbad and, um, the, oh, I can't remember his name, the Polynesian dude. He was in, um, he was in The Last Boy Scout, wasn't he? I don't know. I think he was in The Last Boy Scout. He's been in a few other movies. I can't picture who you're talking about. Right? Manu, Manu, the, oh, the Slender. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, good old Robert Loggia. Yeah. Can't go wrong with him. And then, um, what's that? Win or I'll die. It's <laughs> the greatest line. It is a good Someday line. I'm going to be coaching. I'm going to be sick. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to drop that one for the team. <laughs> what an inspiring coach. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> but one of the, you know, it's funny is that, like, you and I know really well because we play football, but a lot of people don't know because I brought this up to one of my clients the other day. It's probably why I started thinking about this. The program. Yeah. It's such a good movie. Such a good movie. It's good and terrible. It's good. Be- yeah, it was good in the 80s when it came out, right? Yeah. It's a lot of movies. Early, I think it was early 90s. Yeah, early I was, 90s. I was, I yeah, was it a came out in high school, so 94. Right, 93, 94. Yeah, it's got Omar Epps in it. Omar Epps. Uh, Christy, whatever her name is. Christy Swanson. Yeah, there weren't a lot of huge names in it, but it was just... It was the movie that got kids ran over in the streets. James Caan, his yeah. coach. Yeah, there was that scene. I saw that scene. Did you see that scene? Yeah. Yeah. I saw they, that scene. They lay down in the street and read Sports Friends Illustrated. actually did that. Really? Yeah. Did he get hit? No. Okay, that's good. But they did it on like a, two, a two-way. They didn't do it on a major road like they did in the movie. I mean, it was made. It wasn't... Uh, I don't know. It was a street. There were cars. They it didn't get hit. So still it was dumb. Fine. Yeah, not smart. Yeah, no. Yeah, some kids actually died. So, for those who don't know what we're talking about... And they and took the scene out, didn't they? They took it out yeah, while it was in the theaters. Movie. Yeah. While it was in the theaters. So, what it was, was there's a scene where the, the quarterback uh, is... Um, he's reading a Sports Illustrated article, and to kind of drive the point home that he's he's reckless, he's laying on the dotted line in the middle of a road with a couple other guys on the team, and they're laughing about how the Sports Illustrated thing says he can't take pressure... And all this different stuff, and they're like laughing about it. So a bunch of idiot kids went and tried it, and a bunch of people got run over because yeah. the last thing you expect to see when you're on a major road is kids laying in the dotted lines <laughs> when you change lanes. Yeah. So yeah, they had to, they, it was like so bad that they actually took the scene out and um, re-edited the movie to take it out of the movie completely. But I saw it like the first week it came out, so yeah. I remember seeing it. Yeah, we saw it. Like I, I think a lot of the guys that I played ball with in high school, we all saw it together. Yeah. It was like a thing. Yeah, I think we did the same thing. Probably. Place on the table! Ah! Latimer. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't know. Did you have that in your high school, too? Did, you, did the football team like have a table in the cafeteria? No. No? Crazy. No. Football was very, very unimportant in my high school. <laughs> we played at 3 o'clock when the school was over. We didn't have lights. Really? Yeah. We Nobody in our district did except for one team. 
now, like, I grew up in the Bay Area, where I grew up is, like, the, one of the richest areas in the Bay Area. Everybody has lights, the beautiful turf, it's like, you know, but in the Bay Area, football's football, not that important. Football then, football, what, 25, 30 years ago wasn't, wasn't, isn't what it, what it wasn't what it is now. Up here, For though, school, anyway. up here it is, um, like, up here, now it's, it's bigger, obviously, like, yeah. but when I moved up here when I was 18, it was leaps and bounds above where I was just the season before. Like I came up here and guys that where I'm, when I met you guys that were playing in high schools here, were talking about the crowds they had and you know, different, you know, the lights and I yeah. literally dude, people would drive by our games and like honk their horns cause they weren't going to come to the game, but they wanted to show support by honking. <laughs> yeah. Like we had like parents, cheerleaders, a few people, like our stands were never full. Really? Yeah. And it's like, you know, we had, you know, we, we weren't terrible. We were yeah. ever, but just, it wasn't important. You know, people had other stuff to do. They didn't that's, care. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, cause I went, cause the high school I went to in the Bay area, it was kind of a bigger high school. Because when I moved up here, much the same as you, we moved up here when I was a, a freshman. So my junior, my sophomore year was my first year up in the Sacramento area. Right. So you were about four years ahead of me. Because I moved up here after my senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I noticed, I mean, I would say that football, because the school I went to was like probably two, three years old when I got there. Oh, really? So it was new, brand new. Like, I didn't realize really your new. school was that new. And it was really small. Yeah. So I feel like because it was a smaller school, you know, the parents and your it's kind of a tighter-knit community. Yeah, And football, sure. they come out and they support. So it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean... Kind of how you see, like, uh, in this area, like, Del Oro football is now in high school. Yeah. Del it's a smaller Oro community, and, and so people in Granite Bay, too. Yeah. Smaller communities that sort of, yeah, rally around it. Folsom yeah. was like that, but Folsom's growing so much now. Yeah, Folsom's it's hard to... such a big city now. Yeah. Yeah. The only city uh, during the uh, economic downturn that was still hiring. <laughs> That's what happens if you have a prison in your town. Yeah. You know, a lot of money in prisons. Prisons and a bunch of tech people. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones, like other good good sports movies. Uh, like... One of my favorites was uh, Oliver Stone. Oh, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. It's a great movie. It is, and I, I feel like that. When I watched that movie, I felt like because you watch other football movies, and this is kind of a football movie thing, but you yeah. watch the football movies, and never do you feel like that's what it's like in a game. Like you see them showing the game, yeah. but you never really get that feeling for like actually playing. Right. I felt like when I watched Any Given Sunday, is they. The way he directed it and used the camera, and he even did some like first person in the helmet kind of shots. I remember that, and I felt like that really captured the chaotic nature of the football. Yeah, I don't think you could really actually capture how it really is because I, I don't know about you, and I don't you don't remember every minute of every play and yeah. everything that goes on. It doesn't it doesn't stick with you like that. So there is just a lot of body movements and yeah. things and. Things happen so quickly. You come out of the huddle and you're like, okay, this going through the three hole. I got to make sure I step here and do this, this, and this. And then the ball snapped. You do what you do. And then all of a sudden the play's over or yep. whatever. And it's like, oh, I guess it worked or yep. it didn't. And then you move on. And it's like, so it's, it's hard to capture that. Right. But yeah, he did a pretty good job with it. I mean, the chaos and all that. A lot of the stuff like, and I don't know, neither one of us played pro, so I don't know how it is. But I think it's funny how 
a lot of the stuff that happens in the NFL today with like the the bad parts of the NFL today, as yeah. far as like the stuff off the field, the people, with domestic violence, and things like that. He shined a light on that stuff in a way that like everyone knew it was happening, but nobody really talked about it. For sure. And then now that ever since any given Sunday came out, I don't think he gets enough credit for being as prophetic as it was and allowing that conversation to happen. Yeah. Because I think because of any given Sunday, people were like, damn, if like they're making movies about this now, it must really be happening. For sure, yeah. And then it kind of just, it kind of did that. I mean, like I said, I don't think anyone didn't know it was happening. I mean, OJ had already happened at that point. So yeah. people knew that like NFL players were, were kind of loose cannons in certain aspects. And there was a lot of the, the Mike Vick of he was I mean, Willie Beeman was kind of based on Mike Vick. Yeah, it was pre dogfighting Mike Vick, just Mike Vick who was like this phenom. It was the it was the black quarterback, new athletic black quarterback, and right. that was a new thing back then. It, it was. wasn't it wasn't the the norm or a norm like athletic quarterbacks are now. Right, you know back then it was quarterbacks were drop back, seven step, five step, throw the ball. Dan Marino. Yeah, Dan yeah. Marino, Jim Kelly. Well, that's, I think, also Pete who Manning. I think, what's his name, was Cap in the movie was based on him, Dan Marino. Yeah, so, I can see that. And yeah. then, you know, in that issue, it was, you know, old old quarterback, old pocket quarterback gets hurt. Right. New rookie quarterback who scrambles and makes plays with his feet comes in and changes the dynamic of the team. Right, and that's, it's, it's funny how, like, that, was exactly pretty much what happened to the league as a microcosm because it didn't happen in Miami per se, but it was like the changing of the guard all over. Yeah. All over the place. It was yeah. like the drawback quarterback era had ended for a short amount of time. And then I think people kind of realized like guys like Peyton Manning came into the league and you're like, oh, if we have good dropback quarterbacks, it still exactly. works fine. Yeah. <laughs> guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and stuff got in the league and it's like, oh, okay. But, you know, for a while there, guys like Mike Vick and, um, uh, what's his name? Um, um, McNabb. McNabb. That's what I'm trying to think yeah. of. McNabb, Mike Vick, um, Steve Young, even. Yeah. It was, there was like a, there was this thing where it was like this, this extra element that people had never thought of before with, football, with the quarterbacks. You know, you are a back. Yeah. And it was like, oh crap, like the, these guys are actually, you know, They're formidable just, opponents. Yeah. Standing in the backfield waiting to get sacked. Yeah. You have to actually now spy a, a linebacker on them. Otherwise, they're going to run over you because you, you drop back into coverage, and then all of a sudden, this guy's got, you know, everyone's, yards yeah, everyone's seven to eight yards past him. This mm-hmm. guy's going to take off. So, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's such a good it's such a good representation of where the league was, and and also with the idea of um of Al Pacino's character, coaches and the old school coach who they can't quite adapt to yeah. this new style, right? And uh, and the new owner, you know, with Cameron Diaz being real brash and. Yep. All that. No one really liked her and, and everything. And like, you know, her trying to trying to beat everybody by being this, this strong woman. But in the reality, like, and, and, and I'll qualify this statement by saying that, like, this has nothing to do with strong. Because there's many strong women out there. We both have married them. <laughs> but there is this element of some women do this where they think they're being one of the guys. Yes. When in reality, they're not acting like one of the guys at all. They're acting like a caricature of what one of the guys is. <laughs> and I think that's what her her character was kind of, I would imagine, her motivation was with that character. Because yeah. she tried really hard. Like, when she's walking through the locker room, everyone's naked. And acting like she doesn't care. And this yeah, and that. Yeah. It's like, no one really acts like that. Yeah. But, like, you all kind of have met 
that woman who's trying to find her way in a male dominated thing, which I'm sure isn't easy, but a lot of them take the route of, I'm going to act like one of the guys when it doesn't come natural for them. Just like, like when dudes work in like, and I've worked in a lot of like, like, you know, working in veterinary medicine and things like that, it's mostly all women and me. And like, if I tried to act like one of the girls, I would be such a pariah. (laughs) So it's like, I, I, it's not, not really a gender thing as much as it is just stay in your lane, you know, it's just be yourself. But yeah, and I think that all that stuff was wrapped up in such a weird way. And then also James Woods' character, I forgot about that. Yeah. The whole, the the doctors that hand out all these drugs just to keep guys on the and field. And then uh, Lawrence Taylor's character. Yeah, who's like the died. old vet who is trying to get paid and get his last bit of money from the team. And they were yeah. dealing with CTE with him before yeah. they even had a name for it. It was, well, his was spinal. Like, it was a spinal cord and That's CTE. Right. That's and right. And he like... Plays out in the movie where he like he the doctor tells him not to play, but he just takes some takes a shot painkillers and shots like cortisone, I'm sure, or toradol, yeah, and gets out there and plays and makes a play, and I think he ends up breaking his back and he's paralyzed, but he got paid, so he didn't care. Did he actually get paralyzed? Also, man, you didn't think about that. Like they never really say; he just gets carted off. Yeah, he gets carted off. <clears throat> you don't see him. You, I think they flashed him in a bed. And he's not moving. I just remember him saying, don't drop me. I'm worth a million dollars. He's got his bonus. Exactly. It's like, I don't care about my body. I just want to get paid. Yeah. And there's it's such a good, such a, so many good actors too. I mean, yeah. Jamie I mean, Foxx. Jamie Foxx when he was before, you know, went back when he was on, had his own TV show. Yeah. And he was, he's, I mean, that dude is the most, one of the most talented people ever. Yeah. It's a great, amazing stand-up comic. If you've never seen a stand-up, watch a stand-up. It's amazing. He's Dude, he's guy. so funny. His though stand-up he did, I think it's called. I might need security. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Dude, that's where he talks about when he got in the fight with LL Cool J on the set. <laughs> and it's like my favorite thing ever. Is just like, I'm no bitch, but I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like, like he talks about going to Africa and all that stuff and seeing lions and everything. It's such an amazing stand-up. Then, like, you hear him sing and he acts. It's like, is there anything that dude cannot do? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Um, that's a good one. Well, speaking of Jamie Foxx, have you, did you ever see Ali? I never saw Ali. No, I never saw Ali. I heard it was amazing. It wasn't... I forget why I didn't see it. It was one of those movies I just did not see. Yeah. When it came out. I wanted to see it. I think it was directed by Michael Mann, too. He's, like, one of my yeah. top directors that I kind of follow and watch his movies but yeah i never saw ali you heard that Fox, was... though he was great that he was great in collateral dot dude such a good movie yeah him and tom cruise yep that's one of my favorite all-time tom cruise movies it's so underrated it is such a good movie he's such a badass in that movie yeah he's like jack reacher but a bad guy yeah yeah um there was another sport when i just thought of when we were talking about any given sunday that i thought was such a good movie um Oh, uh, totally the opposite. Totally the opposite. But I still think it's an underrated movie is Replacements. Oh, for sure. Maybe I have a soft Love spot in my heart. For yeah, it. I, guess, I get the same semi-pro. soft spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've all played semi-pro the, ball. These the semi-pro guys who finally get a chance to play at the pros because the pros are on strike. Yeah. Living the dream that we yeah. all wanted to live. Yeah. And, I, and I, I mean, he's a bad actor, but I just love Keanu Reeves. He's great. He's, he's great, great in that movie. Apparently, he's a really sweet guy in real life, too. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a super cool, like, anytime I see him offset or, like, you know, just random, like, videos of him, he looks super cool and super chill. Yeah. And, like, 
I don't know. He killed it in the the John Wick movies. I know. I've never seen, seen those. I really yeah, want to see him. Got to see him. It's funny. I tuned into one part and it was the part where the dog gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> the only part I saw. I'm like, oh, they killed a puppy. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess uh, he went to like weapons training yeah. for months before Dude, both the movies. Those videos are insane. Yeah, those are crazy videos of him like tearing through obstacles, like yeah, you know, uh, shooting courses and. Yeah, it's cool because he shoots the metal, so you can hear it hit every mm-hmm. time. So every time he pulls the trigger, you hear bing, 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 bing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's different if someone's shooting back at you, but still, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, if like, you like those videos, if you like watching him do yeah. that. Like, the movies are, it's that, but on steroids. Okay. So, yeah, good, yeah. Have you ever seen the video that somebody made of John Wick made with Nerf guns? <laughs> yeah, that's so totally great. But funny. Totally great. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> Replacements is great, because it's like, it, 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 it encompasses, if you never played semi-pro ball, that's kind of how it was in a way, like, with the guys and how yeah. a bunch of, like, totally. just a team full of people who should never be friends, <laughs> yeah. but totally are. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I still have friends Orlando in this day. Jones and uh, John Favreau was in that movie. Oh, I forgot about Favreau. When he was in, like, good shape. Yeah. That dude looked just like DMX. Yeah. But was, like, six feet tall. <laughs> uh, there was somebody... Oh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, yeah. And then, uh, who was the, the kicker who was, like, a soccer star? Yeah, and he yeah. Was literally smoking on the side. Like, such a great... Uh, such big, a great, funny movie. It is a good one. It's a really good movie. Dude... I was thinking about this the other day, speaking of guys we played semi-pro ball with, um, I don't want to say his name because I'm saying the story, but you, you'll know who he is. Uh, remember the time, so there's a, a park in the area where Eric and I live called Oak Park, not the best area in the world. Uh, our owner, in his infinite wisdom, decided we need a night practice and we could buy the lights at Oak Park for the night. Not a good idea to have the lights on in one of the worst neighborhoods in Sacramento at night. Where people can go, hey, there's lights on. There's a bunch yeah, it of wasn't students. the hipster Oak Park that I'm no. sure it is now. It no. was the 20, 20 years ago Oak Park. Yeah, where... it was. It was the NWA <laughs> video Oak Park. <laughs> and uh, you know, we were all getting along just fine. And then there was a huge fight that broke out. And I'm standing next to him, this guy, and he goes, "Don't worry, dog. I got my strap." I was like, yeah, I'm going to stand over here now. Time to go. <laughs> I was like, I appreciate that you love me enough to say that you would shoot someone for us being safe, but I don't really want to get caught in the crossfire. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still friends with that dude to this day. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, we're still boys. Like, there's so many guys that I'm friends with on the team that I have absolutely sure. nothing in common with other than the fact that we played football. <laughs> play football yeah. yeah. It's like, that's such a, a wonderful a bond. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think they, they caught that pretty well in that movie, Replacements. Yeah. I like it. One of my favorites, the classics, though, is uh, Major League. Major League, yeah. By Such far. a good movie. Wesley Snipes killed it in that movie. <laughs> so did Charlie Sheen. Like, that was one of my favorite. That's probably my favorite Charlie Sheen movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe... Uh, Hot Shots? Yeah, well, that's a great one, too. But one. I was going to say... Uh, what's... The... He's great. Men at Work. Men at... Oh, my God. <laughs> Such, oh my god! Man, a funny movie that probably shit. nobody is knows about or has oh, seen. Charlie Sheen, anybody that's born Keith David. Yeah. Oh, somebody threw away a perfectly good white boy. <laughs> oh my god! So great, dude. That is such a good movie. Yeah, but Major League. I mean, when yeah. I first saw that, so good. We should so do an good. entire episode on just Charlie Sheen movies. <laughs> like think about it, like Platoon, Wall Street, Major League One and Two. Oh great, yeah. Major League Two was terrible but good. Major League One. 
was phenomenal. Yes, I think Major League Two you could not, you could not like top part one. No, the best though line in Major League Two to me was that guy Parkman. How do you feel about your teammates? They're all losers, either by birth or by choice. <laughs> I can love that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, was it Charles Heen, Wesley Snipes, or somebody else in that movie in the first one? Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger. That's was somebody else who was like a young star. No, Corbin Burnson. Maybe not. Yeah. I thought there was somebody else in there who was like a young star who was kind of coming up, but maybe not. Oh, oh uh, I'm thinking of um, Dennis Haysbert. Haysbert hadn't really been in much before that. Serrano? Oh, yeah. He didn't have, it was from that movie. He got like, uh, well, he was in that movie and he was in the other Charlie Sheen movie, um, Navy Seals. Oh, that's right. He was um, Mama or whatever his name was or whatever. Pats for Bats. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, every once in a while, I just have to say to people out of randomly, like, you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> I'm going to get on another team. I'm going to come back here. I'm going to stick it up your fucking ass. <laughs> One of my favorite lines from that movie, Charlie Sheen goes ancient because they, they play a prank on him and just cut day and they put the cut card in his locker when he didn't get cut. And so he bursts into the... <laughs> Oh, the uh, owner's box manager. Yeah, it was the manager, the yeah baseball manager, Lou Brown. <laughs> and he starts yelling at him, <laughs> tells him he's gonna come back and stick the ball up his ass. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. I love his reaction too, because like he was like, "I didn't cut you," and he's like looking around like, "Okay, alrighty, <laughs> well then." <laughs> Seems like the boys are having some fun with you. <laughs> Oh, was he Snipes? Is, that the, is it the first one or the second one? Where, where like, because the second one, Omar Epps plays Wesley Snipes' character. Oh, that's right. Um, I forget which one which one it is though. When he's hitting home runs, I think it's the first that's second the one. Second one. He's yeah. hitting home runs. He's like, oh, it's a long ball. Of a guy who's gonna be selling tires next week. <laughs> <laughs> you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. <laughs> uh, so many great lines in that movie. So many great lines. Really are. Major league. Wow. <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> he calls calls Jake to tell him he's on the team. He's drunk in Mexico. <laughs> Thinks it's his buddy giving him a prank call. You're going to pull this shit. At least you can say you're from the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a cle- and it's totally based around the Cleveland Indians. For real. Yeah. yeah. Then they all of a sudden got good. They were like, okay, they made a movie about us. We're going to start drafting. I don't know. Get Dave Justice on their team. <laughs> That's another great one is Moneyball. Yeah. I was thinking that because there's that scene that I thought was so funny when... That line he tells Dave Justice his character he's like, is that Anthony Mackie plays Dave Justice? I don't know. I thought he was in that. Maybe not. Anyway, he's like hitting the ball in in the, in the batting cages, and he's trying to act like he's the man. And he's not gonna listen to what uh what Brad Pitt wants him to do. Yeah. And he's like, just so you know, the Yankees are paying us this amount of money, or the Indians, or I think it was the Yankees. That's how much money they're paying us, so you don't play for them. <laughs> like, that's how important you are. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a that's a great movie though. That's a, I I thought that was a cool movie. I don't I guess like it's one of those movies that like you know you, it's based on fact, it's based on real people, and yeah. it's based on people who are alive right now actually still doing that job. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, especially when they change it a little bit. I guess Jonah Hill's character is not is like more of an amalgamation between two different people and stuff like that. But still, it's still I think it's a cool movie. Good movie, yeah. I think Brad Pitt's good in that movie. I like I like him as Billy Bean, but I don't know. I, it's 
It's weird. Baseball movies are weird, man. People, like, freak out about baseball movies. They're those baseball purists. The same people who want to put asterisks on everything that didn't happen in the era they were watching it. Like, Eight Men Out was one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. You ever seen that? Mm Mm-mm. It's about the Chicago White Sox in 1919. Okay. It's got John Cusack. Charlie Sheen is in that movie, too. Mm -hmm. He's in everything. Jesus. He is. Um, it's about the, you know, the White Sox, the, the also known as the Black, Black Sox. Sox. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the original movie about that. I, I became weirdly obsessed in like seventh grade with that story where like I would go to the library. This is long before the internet. I would go to the library and I would like get like microfilm or microfiche or whatever it's called. Yeah. And I would like get the stories on it, get books about it. I had a whole file that I kept of like photos and articles i don't know what it was about it it just really really captured my imagination and that movie was so cool i love that movie like just how they did it and how it it happened and i like that whole you know early turn of the century sort of time period where everything was kind of like in the 20s in america everything was kind of like new and the war was over and the new war hadn't started yet everybody was kind of doing their thing and the the mafia and the it was kind of like the Wild West, but with more modernization. Like urban Wild West. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. so it was, it was cool. I liked that whole thing. So yeah. I was into that movie, and then I then I saw Field of Dreams, and I was like, oh wow, like there's there's the there's the White Sox, like they yeah they redid the whole that AC caught and in Shoeless Joe and all that. So uh, it was pretty cool. It, it, I don't know. I, I like that whole story. I still still there's like a soft spot in my heart if I see that movie on, I watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's cool. Yeah, I like Eight Men Out too. I mean, I mean, but Phil Dreams. Phil Dreams is a good movie. Phil Dreams is good. I like uh, baseball. I like the the Natural. I forget. Is that? Yeah, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Yeah, yeah that was a that was when I was a kid. I saw that and I I was like I don't know hit it struck a chord with me. I guess right. That's the same era too. Yeah, that they set that in same. Yeah, yeah, like the early twenties. Right, late nineteen hundreds. They were like I can visualize the. The baseball uniform from that time period. And, yeah, you know, you. See it looks it. like a baseball uniform. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like it's funny. Like it's funny how uniforms change. Because I think about if I was to look at a police officer's uniform, I always think New York NYPD uniform is that light blue with the hat that you see like in all the movies in the eighties right. and like all that. Now you see cops; they look more like tactical military kind yeah. of stuff because they have the vests on. But then, like, I think about like that that copper hat, you know, yeah. the, the copper thing that they used to in England. I see that, I'm like, oh, that's a cop uniform. Like, it's like, it's certain <laughs> things that it's like that, that right. baseball uniform. It's yeah. like that, the puffy pants with the stirrups. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, baseball uniform. Yeah. Like, now I see guys in baseball uniforms, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. like seeing updated jerseys from a team that you, like, grew up watching, you know, it's like, right. I guess. Yeah. But not really. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They haven't really, I think maybe really any good modern, like, baseball, like, movies like that, though. I'm trying to think if they've really done anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't really, like, sports movies lately. I haven't really, I mean. They did that movie about ten years ago about the hockey team from the on HBO. They did that one. A lot of sports movies now are more about the drama of sports like that. that I don't want to see it, but that movie about um, Tanya Harding. I, Tanya, with um, yeah. Marco Robbie. I want to see I heard it's amazing. I want to see it. Hmm. But, because um, I guess she, they, it's told from. Her perspective, her husband's perspective, and the perspective of her mom, I think. So, like, like different things will happen, and they'll be like, no, it didn't happen that way. It happened this way, kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. Sebastian stands in it. I love that guy. So. Yeah, he's great. I want to see that. But, yeah, there's not – I'm trying to think if anyone's have come out right now. Even Moneyball was kind of more about the drama around – Yeah, it like, wasn't the about the sport as it was about, yeah. like, 
the management and the, that aspect of it. Yeah, and the drafting and mm-hmm. how the sport itself is evolving, and you kind of have to evolve with it, kind of like any given Sunday. I mean, any given yeah. Sunday was really about the drama of the game, too, I guess. Yeah. But there was a lot of the game in it as well. It was like a backdrop. Which is why Oliver Stone is so good, because you can tell that movie's about... I mean, you could say Platoon's about Vietnam, but you can also say that it's about... <laughs> the interplay between you know these crazy hardened men, yeah, and all that. I mean that that, that could be, you could set that anywhere, mm. you know. That, so that's kind of Oliver Stone's thing. He does that like Natural Born Killers is like that. Yeah, that movie was. That movie was weird, man. Because it's, it's very weird. It, I find that movie today more disturbing than I did when I first saw it. Yeah. Because now I look at it, and I'm like, oh man, this really opened the door for a lot of really weird stuff, and it was it really actually like. It kind of like um, set forward a lot of things in the, like that happened that it didn't even that you didn't know it was like you know what I mean like a lot of things have happened since that movie came out that I'm like did this movie predict this or is this because of this movie you know <laughs> right. what I mean yeah it's weird it's a weird movie it is it's yeah it's a trip if you haven't seen it Robert Downey Jr. Wayne Gale yeah it's all yeah, about him Wayne and Wayne Harrelson and uh... Julia Lewis. Julia Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. There was a few. There's actually uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in that movie. That's right. He's the warden. Yeah. Um. There's somebody else in it. There's a few other people. The manager from uh, Major League. He's in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, Roddy Dangerfield. Julia Lewis's dad. Oh yeah. Creepy child molester. Which is a perfect role for Rodney. Agreed. Speaking of Rodney, do you consider Caddyshack to be a golf movie? I would say yes. That's probably the greatest golf movie ever made. Probably. Because it's one of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion. <laughs> it is. That is one of the greatest. I mean, they could not find a better cast. Like, for no, what they did. can't, yeah. I mean, Rodney with Ted Knight and Chevy Chase. I mean, Bill Murray. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really, other than that and Tin Cup, I can't think of any other good golf movies. Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, Happy Gilmore. It's a great movie. Yeah, his his that was version, probably one of Adam, Adam Sandler's best. Yeah, he kind of fell Back off after day, after yeah. Big Daddy. He kind of fell off the map, like as yeah. far as like what people liked. Now he's got that giant deal with Netflix. He just makes movies on Netflix. Yeah, they're just I don't know. Have you seen any? I haven't really seen any of them. I saw a trailer for a new one with with that literally is with David Spade. It's, yeah, and it's with uh, Chris Rock and they is it the no, one where that's they a different one. The, they're getting married. That's a different one. That's the that's the Sandler one. This one is just David Spade. It's it's Adam Sandler production. This is Happy Madison. Yeah. But it's like it literally is Joe Dirt meets That's My Boy. <laughs> so it's like That's My Boy with a redneck. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's terrible. It looks yeah. so bad. So yeah. Dog's going ape shit. Dog, yeah. Dog fucking losing it. <laughs> Speaking of Somali's on the line here. Shut the fuck up! Yeah, I'm going to have to close that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, did I, you like the Mighty Ducks movies? I saw the first one, and I saw it once. And I can't really say I saw any more of them. It wasn't a big... You know, Amelia Estevez, cool. but Amelia's not putting the butts in the seats for you? No. Except for Young Guns? It's definitely not a Young Guns. I love Young Guns. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. The Charlie Sheen movie. They, yeah. Oh and my God. Go, Charlie Sheen is everywhere. Yeah. He's And then you can go and say that Young Guns 2 was 
just as good, maybe better than the first one. It was actually like I think I think I literally my theory on that is they were like, hey, we'll make a movie that's loosely based on something factual, and yeah. then we'll make it, and everyone will be like it because all these young hot stars are in, like Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, and all that. Yeah, and then everyone was like, that movie was amazing. They're like. Do you guys want to see the more historical idea of what happened? And everyone's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Because it's kind of, I mean, it was kind of like, it was kind of like, this sort of happened to Billy the Kid and these yeah. guys. And then it was like, the second one was like, all right, this is like the real events of what yeah. happened. I mean, there's some realistic stuff in it. I want to look really quick and see how many movies Charlie Sheen's been in that are awesome while we're talking. Because <laughs> I'm just going to try and think of a few. Like, well, you mentioned, uh, you know, Full Metal Jacket and. Well, I mean, uh, he's like he has like two IMDb pages. Yeah, Apocalypse Now. He was in that too, right? Yeah, yeah. One of his first movies. Yeah, his dad was in that movie. No, it was his dad. It wasn't him. It was his dad? It was Martin? No, I think wasn't he? Yeah, it was Martin. He was he was a kid when it came out. It was the seventies. Yeah. Well, he was a kid. He which, which okay Navy Seals? You just you mentioned. So that. here we go. Here we go. All right. Red Dawn, amazing. Movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to this came up with the ones that most people haven't heard of because there's some that are just like, you know, whatever. Um, Lucas, that was kind of a high school football-ish movie. Remember that movie? No. Him and, I believe it's, I'll click on it, I think it's Sean Austin, maybe. Um, Corey Haim. That's supposedly the movie where he and Corey Haim had a little thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh. That is like Lucas is like a like Corey Haim and he's like a younger kid who like I think he's like younger for high school like a Doogie Howser kind of situation. Okay. And everyone makes fun of him and Charlie Sheen's like the cool guy in the football team who's like his buddy. Okay. And he wants to play football and he gets he plays football and like he Lucas gets jacked up but he like you know he still makes the catch and everyone's like oh hey Lucas good job. How did we forget Rudy? Oh yeah, Rudy. It's a great movie. That's a one of the best one. Of the- one of the best football movies. Yep. I'm Five sorry, foot I'm nothing. A hundred and nothing. <laughs> sorry to what cut you off. What happened to that the... guy? What? Rock. Remember he had his TV show, The Big Black Dude? Oh, yeah. Charles Dutton. Charles Dutton. Name. What happened to that? Charles Dutton. Know. All right. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was the boy in the police station. <laughs> he reprised that role in the uh, Goldberg show. Did he? So great. I missed that episode. It, yeah. The, you know... Getting off subject again, no, but, yeah, matter. he cuts, they cut to, uh, the young kids making a Ferris Bueller movie, oh, and yeah. then, like, one of the, <laughs> the sister gets in trouble, so she's at the police station, <laughs> and, and they pan out, and he's sitting on the other end of the bench, That's and he amazing. leans in and asks her if he's got any drugs or whatever, you know, whatever it is, but yeah, it's a total, total brought him back for just that. That one scene in the oh, show. That's amazing. So classic. Oh, that's a, that's a good like uh, YouTube that. Yeah, Ferris Bueller is amazing, amazing oh, movie. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Alright, Platoon. Platoon, that was the one I was yeah. thinking. Um Three for the Road was kind of an under 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 I don't know that one. Well I mean it's it's pretty good. Uh Wall Street, Young yeah. Guns, Young Eight guns. Men Out. Now he's starting to hit home runs now. Yeah, Major yeah. League. Major League. Um Navy Seals, Men Navy at Work. Seals, Men at Work. Cadence yep. was a good movie. That was a um, that was a. Uh, I think Lawrence Fishburne was in that with him. Hmm. It's it's a, his dad's in it. I know that. Uh, yeah, Martin Sheen's in it. Um, it's like basically he's like this guy who goes to jail, in in prison in in the military, 
Yeah. And he basically, like, has to, like, he kind of, like, rallies these dudes to, like, basically stand up to the to the guards because they're really mean to him and shit like that. So okay. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, the Rookie with um, with um, Eastwood. Yeah. Hot Shots. Hot Shots. Loaded Weapon. Those lethal weapon takeoff yeah, one. Yeah. Hot Shots Part D. You. Three Musketeers. That was an alright movie. The Chase. Chase. I remember the Chase. Starring Henry Rollins. Yes. Major League Two. Wasn't Flea in the Chase too? Flea and Anthony Kiedis were in the, right. the Chase. <laughs> uh, Major League Two. Major League Two. Yeah, when is Young Guns Two? I think I just said that, didn't I? No, maybe not. No. Coming up, I'm sure. Because this is all in 94. Oh, man. Terminal Velocity. The Arrival. That was a crazy movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy movie. All Dogs Go to Heaven Part 2, huh? Hmm. Voiced? Yeah. Um, Money Talks with uh, Chris Tucker. Okay. Postmortem. I must have missed it. Being John Malkovich. Nice. That was a great movie. Um, Rated X. About the um, Farrell brothers, Farley brothers in San Francisco. Okay. Um, Spin City. Polly Shore is Dead. That was a terrible movie. Scary Movie 3. Scary Movie 4. He was on a CSI. That doesn't He played Charlie Sheen. He played his best yeah, self. Awesome. <laughs> that is great. He played Charlie Sheen on Big Bang Theory too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Family Guy played Charlie Sheen. Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, Bud Fox, uncredited. Huh. Two and a Half Men, worst show on TV ever. Anger Management, not much better. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are some good movies. Scary Movie 5? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. There it is, Goldbergs. There it is, yeah. Yep. So great, dude, yeah. If you can YouTube it, YouTube it. It's fucking hilarious. When did the Young Guns 2 come out? I must have missed it. He's been in some great movies, huh? Yeah. Like, great movies that you can admit to being great now. Wait, was he in Young Men's 2? I think he was. Yeah. Did he, didn't he die was. in the first one? No, you know what? He wasn't in the second one. He if, does die in the first he one. He dies in the yeah. first one. That's right. He would only be in Young Guns. Huh. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, he was in Young Guns 1, not 2. Because he was the head of the group, and then he dies, and then Billy takes over. Billy takes over. Yeah. Must be weird acting with your brother, especially when you change your name. Because her real name is Estevez. But their dad didn't want to sound too ethnic. You know, his dad actually, there's the scene, if you ever watched the documentary, it's amazing, called Into the Heart of Darkness, about, because that's what the book is called, that Apocalypse Now is based on, Into mm-hmm. the Heart of Darkness. Um, they made a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now because it was such a shit show making that movie. Yeah. And the scene where the really famous scene from that movie where Martin Sheen is dancing to the doors at the end mm-hmm. and he's like all tripping out and he's like he was really hammered it was his birthday and he got drunk and they actually show the real footage of it he's yelling at um what's his name the director um um Kubrick Coop Co- no not Kubrick um uh directed um The Godfather oh my god I'm drawing a blank right now we shouldn't be no, we really shouldn't be. He has his own winery in California. Uh, Coppola. Yeah. Yeah, he was yelling at Coppola. He's like, fuck you. Like, yelling at him. Like, what do you want from me? Like, screaming at him. It was like, and he had a heart attack. 
He was like 20-something years old. That movie stressed him out so much that he had a heart attack. Coppola or? No, Sheen. Sheen. Martin Sheen had a heart attack in his 20s. That's crazy. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne was in that movie. I forgot. He was 17. That's crazy, too. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was 17. He was uh, on the he was the guy on the, on the boat, the gunner. Yeah. I just watched the movie with Lawrence Fishburne. So did I. Same so, movie. Nice. After I texted you if you wanted to go see Ant-Man and Wasp, and you were like, we're going to go and see it. I was like, okay. I texted Mark. I was like, I want to go see Ant-Man and Wasp. And he texted me back, I'm buying tickets. I was like, sweet, we're nice. going. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What would you think of it? Uh, it's tough. What's going on over there? Cats. Cats. Uh, it's tough because I felt like I enjoyed the movie, but then all I, like, throughout the movie, like, all I could think about was, okay, how is this going to end? Like, I want to see the end credit more than I want to see the movie. And it was tough because I enjoyed the movie, I think, overall, now that I look back on it. But I think during the movie, I was antsy because I wanted to see what happened at the end. Antsy. Boom. <laughs> what, do, what about you? What, what do you think? I kind of had a little bit of the same thing. Um, but at the same time, I kind of looked at it like Titanic. I know how this is going to end. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And be into it. I. There's a way they could have gone with it, and I'm not trying to spoil anything, that I'm glad they didn't go with. Where it would have been like, okay, that's a little bit much, you know. Yeah. Um, but I I, I like the way they did it. I don't really like the way they introduced Ghost. Yeah, that character is is a lot different from what I remember in the comics. I read up about Ghost, and yeah, because I never really read the comics, but yeah, I was like, uh, that's not even close to the character. Thing. Yeah, when I saw that the the villain was Ghost, I was genuinely intrigued like okay because i know that like from what i know of the character he or she as it goes originally is, a guy yeah is a badass you know and like full-on uh hitman like straight uh mercenary so like i was like oh that's that should be cool see where that goes but you know it was different and, and you know like like we talked about so many times before you know you got to edit characters and change things to Right to to show it show better on the on the movie where you can have like oh we got all these characters but you know you're gonna have to change them or morph them to be able to make them relevant. Yeah. I literally watched a YouTube video today where they talked about there's some guy called the Evolutionist mm-hmm. in Marvel. Do you know who that is? Uh, no. He was like I guess around he was he was a human who liked to experiment on animals. And, like, make them sentient beings and, you know, do stuff and make them, you know, come to life in different ways. Yeah. And then he messed around with something and ended up sending him to space. And he got, like, this basically mutant power, for the for lack of a better term. And I guess he had nothing to do with Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. But the way they looked at the way Marvel is now introducing the, the uh, Immortals and um, all that stuff coming up and the way they think that... I said they said Guardians is gonna go three is gonna go a lot into Rocket's backstory. They're like it only makes sense that they're gonna change his backstory from this one dude to that guy because then if you do it with that guy, it opens the door to this whole other part of the universe that they want to open the door up to. So it's yeah. an easy way to do that. Mm-hmm. And they said they're gonna you know start doing more. It's not gonna be the Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. It's gonna be the Marvel like like 
globe, I forget what they're calling it, like like the the expanded galaxy or something like that, or mm-hmm. whatever. Those are going to focus more on the space stuff now. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but that's kind of the same thing. Like they're going to change that backstory of where Rocket came from to make it easier and palatable for everybody to be like, okay, instead of reading ten years of this comic and catching on to these characters, we're going to make this easy and do it in thirty minutes. Yeah. And that I, I can see why they do that with Ghost because. Yeah. The female version of Ghost apparently didn't come in for years. Yeah. So it's like, they're not going to be like, well, there's all these ghosts and I'm one of them. And it's like, <laughs> no, let's just make it easy and just say she's the one and move on. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. But it, I, I didn't like her, I think, for the same reason that you were uneasy with the movie. I'm like, who? you're not Thanos. What, right. what are you doing? Like, you're yeah. not Thanos. So it was kind of like, and also the way that they had Hank's wife and the whole storyline, like. You know they're not going to go through two and a, two hours of everything just to be like, oh, Ghost wins? Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. Like, like, there was too much stuff going on to have, like, it was almost as if, like, it was like her character was like, like, just stop. Like, you don't, like, we don't need this extra bit of annoyance. Yeah. The guy from, um, the dude from, um, from Sons of Anarchy and The Shield, um, the, I forget his name. Wow. He was the southern Walter. guy. Huh? Walt, Walter Goggins? Goggins. Groggins? I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Something like I that. I know exactly what you're talking that about. That dude's though. great. Yeah, he's a he's great, great actor. His character, I think, should have been more of the bad guy and have this shadowy figure that wants the tech and not really talk about who it was. Yeah. Until maybe later when they want to do what they did with Fishburne's character. Right. But, like, that would, to me would have been a little bit better because it's, like, one of those things where, like, if we all know Thanos is out there, we all know what's going to happen. Yeah. Everything they're doing already has this horrible shadow hanging over it at the end. Yeah. So it's like, why antagonize it more just right. to introduce new characters? Let's yeah. just get to that part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a roundabout way of saying I kind of felt the same way you did. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, and then, what, eight months from now, we got this Captain Marvel movie coming out. Which is, yeah. And I feel like it's going to be, I'm going to be the same, you know, and I'm sure it's going to be a good movie and the character's going to be awesome, but I feel like I'm just going to be waiting for the end. I think with the Captain Marvel one, what they're going to do, though, is they're going to actually, like, they're going to introduce a lot more of the, um, the, the stuff in space. Yeah. And there'll be so much more interesting stuff to happen. Because literally in Ant-Man, you're kind of like... So what happened to you? What happened to Barton? Like, what's going on? Right. Like, okay, we're caught up. Who does Thanos kill in this 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 movie? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you're right. So there was that. But I think with, with, with Captain Marvel, it's going to be a lot of like, oh, look, there's Sam Jackson before he had a patch. And there's this, there's that. There's a mention to Stark Industries here, you know. Because back then, when that's going on, Tony Stark's just an asshole arms dealer. Yeah. So, you know, there'll probably be a little bit of mention to that, I'm sure. And then... Probably with Banner, too, because Banner was on the run at that point. Um, yeah. And so it's like one of those things where I think that it'll be... There'll be that cool backstory, prequel, nostalgia, weirdly, like, pay-it-forward nostalgia. Yeah. But I think that they'll open up the world to the 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 sort of wider universe above Earth of the MCU that, like, they can now revisit when she eventually, obviously, comes back after Thanos' snap. You know, yeah. it's going to be... She's going to be up there fighting the Kree War or whatever, and it's going to be like, all right, all these characters are here. She's got to bail, but now we have a whole bevy of characters. We can just be like, 
let's choose these people and let's start talking about celestials and this yeah. and that. So I think it'll, I think it'll kind of be that thing. I always call those in, in TV shows, like transitional episodes where like, there'll be like an episode where like a three show arc is ending. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it ended 15 minutes in. And then all of a sudden this new villain or problem pops up and you're like, okay, that was kind of didn't make sense. But you're like, well, next week it will. They needed this transitional thing. So I think that's what Captain Marvel is going to be. It's going to be like a transitional movie. It's going to be the new Guardians. Yeah. If you think about when the first Guardians came out, uh, nobody knew who they were. Nobody knew the Guardians of the Galaxy. They saw the tree and the raccoon, and they're like, what is this? Right. And how does it relate to Captain America and Iron Man, these characters that I love? <laughs> yeah. And I've seen three movies of and two movies of. Tony Stark doesn't know anything about raccoons. Yeah. I don't. Why do I care about that? And then you watched it, and you're like, well, that was awesome. You know, and yeah. I can't wait for these characters to meet these characters if it's the same. Right. And so I feel like, in that respect, I feel like Captain Marvel, because it's not a sequel, and because it's a new story, and I feel like I'll be a little more interested to see the character, and then the story, and then, like you said, the pay-it-forward callback moments. And it, it should be interesting, and I feel like I'll be a little bit more into it. And not just like, okay, what what, what now, you know? Yeah, it's a whole new story that just doesn't involve anything other than the very end when she gets a call. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. And I think and I think that it's smart in that way because they need someone who's going to lead Phase 4. Yeah. And, you know, Chris Evans has made no secret about the idea that he doesn't want to be in anymore. He's done. So they're either going to kill Cap or have an ending for Cap. And I don't think Robert Downey Jr. would turn down making appearances here and there, but I doubt, I doubt there's going to be another Iron Man movie. Yeah. So I know Thor, they said that they're they're in talks right now for Thor 4 because Chris Hemsworth wants to do it. He said he really wants to do it with Wolverine. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be. So, but I mean, it, it, it makes sense that they're going to focus on things away from Earth now. Yeah. And that's a good way to usher out Iron Man and usher out you know, the rest of them, Barton and all of them, and kind of move more towards the other stuff, you know, and because, I mean, Scarlet yeah, Witch... has to be some sort of transition. Yeah, I mean, Scarlet Witch and Vision, if they want to bring them, they can they can go along to space, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, there, there could be that kind of thing, or they can still do the Avengers on Earth, but have these other characters around. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely that. I think it'd be kind of cool is that the fact that if they do do some space stuff with Captain Marvel, if Yondu is going to make a reappearance. Because if it's in the past, Yondu's around. Yeah, Ravager somewhere or other. Yeah, be the Ravagers around. And then also, if they do do time travel, I wonder if they'll, if they'll want to bring back Yondu somehow. Yeah. Because, I mean, they did say when he died in the second uh, 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 Gal- uh, Guardians, Guardians um, James Gunn was like, that was a mistake. Shouldn't have killed him. So yeah. he, he didn't realize how many people like Yondu. He was like, yeah, that was a, that was a bad idea. So, But I feel like that... It was needed. Yeah. I feel like that movie was better for it. Yeah, it like, was. I just feel like it grounded Star-Lord's character a little bit. And Rocket. Yeah. It made Rocket Both actually... Like, you show that he actually cared. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like, you know, that, uh, that was the emotional kick that you weren't going to get from ego and being that father, you know, you know, it's so. crazy. You think about the guardians movie, both guardians movies killed off major characters. Groot died. The first one. Cause they even said that baby Groot isn't Groot. It's Groot's kid. Yeah. 
So Groot died in the first one, and everyone loved Groot, and yeah. then everyone loved Yondu, and they killed Yondu. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're not afraid to... That's one that I think I like about Marvel movies. They're not really afraid to, to do... They're not going to kill someone off just because, but they're also not afraid to do it if it works for the for the movie. Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll do it if it's right for the character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was, you know, a perfect example was in Infinity War. Like... You go into that movie and you're like, okay, any of the five rock characters from this universe could die in this movie. Yeah, the originals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Thor, Cap, Iron Man, any of them. So. Even Scarlet. She could die. Yeah. But she doesn't. No. None of the women die, really, do they? Uh, I don't think so. No, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. No, uh, what's her name? Agent, uh, what's her name? Um, with, uh, with Sam Jackson. Right, Maria Hill. Maria Hill, Agent Hill. Yeah, she dies. Yeah, she dies helping at the end. But that's, yeah, all of all this, the Avenger superhero women or the women of Wakanda, the major ones, none of them. No, they're still there at the end. Sexist, sexist ass Thanos. (laughs) Only killing dudes. Yeah. Well, I guess one woman does die, but not because of Thanos. Well, no, it is because of Thanos, but not because of a snap. Yeah. You know. But, you know, she's pretty major. That is major. How is it possible that we started talking about sports movies and we still end up talking about Marvel? It's because Ant-Man just came out. Oh, yeah, because Ant-Man's okay. And we love Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when it's said and done, Ant-Man was good. Yeah. It was, uh, it was the... You know, funny comedy type movie. That the very Paul Rose. Yeah. Very Paul Rose. Michael Pena was great. Such a great. Dude. <laughs> so great. T.I. and the, the Russian that, dude. Those three guys, Michael Pena, T.I. and the, I don't think, I don't know if he's actually Russian. I think he just. He does a great. <laughs> he does a great one, but he, yeah, those three guys kill it. They, they, uh, I saw a meme that was like, can we not get a Black Widow movie and just get a movie of these three dudes? (laughs) Seriously, whatever, security movie. (laughs) I forget what it was called. It was called X-Con. X-Con, that's right. X-Con, the movie. I want to see it. Hell yeah. I love that. Straight to Blu-ray, I'd buy it. Put it right to Netflix, I'll watch it. It was so funny with T.I., like the scene where they're there, and I'm like, oh, it is T.I., he's in the movie. (laughs) So... Sorry. It's alright. But yeah, that, that was, uh, they, st- I, f- I feel like they, st- they stole a good portion of that movie. And, uh, that dude, the, what's his name? The, the, the his buddy, the, the guy who talks fast. Yeah, Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Yeah. He steals it every time. Every, time. every scene that guy's in, dude, he, <laughs> he steals it. it. Every scene. Everything. That guy's amazing. <laughs> He's so funny. Once you go put a quarter in the jukebox, you gotta let that song play out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, him oh, with, with with the guy, so the Goggins or whatever, that guy, the, the guy yeah. from, from the Shield. Yeah. The two of them in that scene together, it was so funny. So funny. Because he's like trying so hard to be cool and like, yeah. we're just gonna sit here and talk to you. And he's just like, dude, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you. So great. <laughs> I love the fact that too that like everybody that does the reenactment talks like him. Yeah. Because like, he does the voiceover. Yeah, yeah. So they all have his mannerisms. Yeah, it's so great. It's so funny. I mean, they did it in the first movie, the yeah. anime movie, and they continued it over. So great. There are, other than, than uh, Stan Lee, I can't think of anybody else other than Stan Lee, Michael Douglas, 
there aren't really any other characters that are really old that we have to worry about dying before their franchise comes to an end. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like there aren't really any other characters that are like old people. Like, no. Like, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas are the oldest ones. Yeah, I think so. In the MCU, I think. Robert Downey Jr., ironically, is probably next. Yeah. So, that's good, too, because I always hate that when there's, like... I hate the fact that, like, I watched Iron Man 1 and Terrence Howard's in it instead of <laughs> instead of Don Cheadle. And it's not that I have anything against Terrence Howard. I just don't like... I, don't, I like... You, you want know, the continuity. Yeah, I want continuity. Would you, would you like it if they went back and made an, an, the same Hulk movie, except they put Ruffalo in it instead of Norton? Yeah, I don't know. Would you watch it? Would you I, was, like, I would watch it, but, like, honestly, like, I... That movie is so... Like, it's like the redheaded stepchild of the MCU. <laughs> no one ever watches it. No one yeah. thinks about it. Like, I, if I never saw that movie again, I would be fine. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't I don't think about it. But, like, I do like watching, like, I'll watch clips of Iron Man still. But you loved Tim Roth in that movie. I did love Tim Roth in that movie. Yeah. He was amazing as Abomination. That's right. And the CGI wasn't that bad in that movie. And that no. was a long, that was, what, 08? Yeah, and they improved the CGI a lot more now because he looks like Ruffalo. Yeah, he does. Watched Thor Ragnarok again the other day. <laughs> the As part, you did too, I'm sure, because Netflix. And <laughs> the part when he gets out of the bath naked. Okay. Permanently in my mind now. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hulk uh, is naked. <laughs> <laughs> Baby arms. <laughs> what they call you? Call you the stupid Avenger. I saw that there was like one part where it was like that part I forget what exactly their conversation where where he's he's trying to figure out what's going on he just became Banner again they're hiding yeah it's like he says something he goes yeah but but is he like that the part where he says that uh, or Thor says that to him he says he's this or this he goes but really is he is he that important or something like that I saw a meme where they're like <laughs> what the rest of Avengers thought when everyone said that Barton should be in the movie because he's so important like, yeah really? is he <laughs> is he. <laughs> Oh, that's the other one. Like, they got to show, I guess, you know, he's going to be a Ronin. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Dude, I'm so interested in what's going to happen. And that's, what, a year away? Yeah. They've already finished it. It's done on the CGI. It's April, right? We're releasing it in April. Yeah. April and May. That's going to be the biggest, like, dude. I mean, everybody who saw the first one, who paid the original weekend money or two-week money. Yeah. Who wanted to see it's going to see it. Now everybody else who's been like sucked in by their friends who've been like, dude, it's amazing. you got to see it. Come on, go check it out. And then they're like, okay. Fine. They'll go see it. <laughs> and then now they're like, well, it's a freaking cliffhanger. Right. Now what am I going to do? Yeah. I got to go see it now. And then like, yeah, I, I would imagine that, I don't know how it's possible. They're going to like double their release somehow. It's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. They just, uh, it's pretty much ending its theatrical run now. They... I think they're like third all time. It's uh, Force of, Awakens, uh, Avatar, and then Infinity War. Yeah, they're making, and then Avatar. They have like what four movies on on slate to be made. They're already making one. Yeah, he's making a bunch of them. I don't know how many, but I know that they're in there, and he's they're they're talking about. Like, I didn't know that Avatar was still a thing, but apparently it is, and it's bigger than I thought it was. I'm concerned about it. In the way that I never even saw it, so I don't... Have, you never saw it? No. I have no skin in the game whatsoever, but I never saw it, so this take this for what it's worth. But I remember thinking, like, or hearing, like, he wants to film it 
now and do one now. And he wants to do another one that's like underwater. And he wants it to be almost like a 3D or 360 cam, like VR yeah. kind of movie. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. That's why I mean, the, the first one was so big, right? It's why it made so much money is because it was one of the first real movies that was shot in 3D for a 3D movie theater right. for a 3D crowd. And it's James Cameron, so everybody's like, yeah, I'll check it out. But then they're all like, oh, this movie's in 3D and it's awesome. And I that was like 3D now. Yeah, I, yeah, I could go with it or I can go without it. But at the time, that was what sold that movie, and I feel like that's why so many people went and saw it because it was 3D and it was the new, next best thing. People were all jazzed, you know. So yeah. I don't know if it's still gonna have that magic, and I feel like you, you know, you say that about the 3D, 3D underwater, you know, 360 degree camera, and I feel like he's, you know grasping at straws here because he knows that he needs a gimmick to put with this movie in order to get it to where the first one was. Either that or they're using it as a vehicle to show off new tech and in which case like how good of a movie is it? Is it just commercial? Exactly. You know it's like are you just doing a tech commercial right now? Like, yeah. like do I care about the characters that you're developing? Do right. I care about the story? Do I care about any of that? Or I just want to go and sit in a circle theater? That's supposed to be the new thing. Excuse me, is that they're going to have 360 domes that project the entire movie across the entire dome, and you're going to sit in it and sort of immerse yourself in the whole world and everything. Yeah. I don't know if I really... There's certain improvements I don't want. Like, I don't... I mean, that'd be cool to be like, okay, like, I saw it, like, going to the Pink Floyd laser show. I did that once, I was like, all right, this is cool. You know, I did the Metallica one. It was terrible. It's just like, okay, so how many times can you have a laser, you know, um, Satan fist in the air or whatever it's called, the, the metal fist? Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, like, that is that uncanny valley where it comes to the whole, like, things don't look realistic, but they're too realistic. Mm-hmm. It's like that for me with CGI. It's like, okay. Is this a movie still? Yeah. Or are you just showing off what you can do with your edit with your editing program? Because right. I really need a story and I really need some shit to draw me in. I need to care. Right. That's why Marvel movies are so good. They actually draw you in and then it's like, oh yeah, there's CGI. Yeah. But like in the at the end of the day they like they have compelling characters, they have compelling stories. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a little bit cheating for them because they're drawing up stories that are like fifty years old, right? And I've had a long time to craft, so they can just sort of pick and choose what's good. But still, I would I would take a movie on a flat screen in a theater that holds a twenty five people sitting in the third row, yeah, over a three sixty degree movie that I'm supposed to be like. Wow, this is amazing. This is cool what tech can do. Yeah. I can't follow the story, though, because I'm so much staring at this crap. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. But I'm just one of those things. I'm just like, we don't need this. Yeah, and I feel like that's that seems to be such a jump in technology. Yeah. Like, the actual theaters would need to completely change. Right, exactly. Whereas 3D wasn't. All you had to do was pay for these cheap-ass 3D glasses, and then you're upgrading your projectors. Which isn't really a big deal for a theater that makes so much money and, you know, they're making killing on popcorn or whatever. Right. But for them to actually put a screen up and then however many projectors you need and... A whole new room. Yeah, it's a whole whole new theater, like, basically. I feel like it would be 
equivalent to like theaters would have to basically shut down probably like two of their theaters and then renovate that whole space into one theater right. for this one movie that might be good or at the same time though you think if about they, it you, yeah if it's VR though you won't right but that's if it's VR you're basically going to be in a room with a swivel chair but you'll have a headset on you'll you'll have a whole a whole suit helmet on yeah a helmet but I don't want a helmet I don't want to wear a helmet if it's on my helmet, I don't want to put on somebody else's sweaty helmet. It's true. That's what I'm saying. Though, that, I mean, the full VR experience you'll actually have. And that's something, you know, that's a whole different, I feel like that's a whole different avenue, you know, because. Yeah. How do you shoot a movie, though, thinking people have to be looking at the action? Like, what if they look away? Like, exactly. It? Well, that, that's, you'd be surprised how, how much, because there's, you know, my phone, I can turn it into a headset. Right. I put it in there and I put it on and there's movies on YouTube that are shot like that, you know, that are VR. And right. so you watch it two or three times to see details and you miss that, you miss this. But these movies are only like, you know, 15, 20 minutes long. Right. And so you're able to, okay, I'll watch it again from this and, and I'll watch this person instead of that person. And it's like you're there and so you can kind of, you know, do it, but it's on your time and it doesn't cost me $40 to go <laughs> right. there. Or whatever it is, you know, and so I yeah. feel like that's uh, virtual reality is such a it's it's so many layers to that because you know and they're trying to break into that space with video games too, and it's tough because not only are you, you got to basically you have to make games new, thinking about that tech, you can't just make games the way you used to make games because it's a completely different uh, format. You have to think about, you're basically thinking about it as if it were real life rather than just a flat screen and you're moving around the space. Right. But you have to think about people being everywhere all the time. Sports games would be really cool. Yeah. Imagine yeah. playing Madden and actually being in the helmet. Well, they had that when... But I mean, for real, like actually like, <laughs> like having a helmet But how on. real would it be, you know? Would it well, just I mean, be in, the in same for real, thing they've the, done before? I mean, for real, the way, like, if you're doing pre-snap reads and you look left and right, you look left and right. Yeah. You know, you look down and feel that you're, at your receivers. But then when you press the hike button, do you want it to stay in the helmet or do you want it to fly back to the standard Madden, Madden cam so you can see the receivers? And I think if you want to play the VR, you stay in the, in the helmet. Yeah, but I think that's such a niche... It is. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I, I think... It would be see, fun. I, like, I agree with you. You know, certain things would be fun. But how fun would it be? And would I continue, continually play it? Like, no, it would be like... It would be like the helmet cam was there. It's like, oh, we'll play a yeah, little bit. Yeah, let's check this like, out. Oh, okay. that's horrible. Let's go back to normal Madden, please. I remember I played... I used to play, like, the whole time with Mel's roommate with uh, the blimp cam. Yeah. And it was impossible. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like... It was like... It was like it was like playing a video game version of the electric football yeah. that you have with your kids yeah, in the sixties, yeah. seventies. Um, <laughs> I think that thinking about it in the way of like what movies would work and things like that, I think that that might be an issue. I think what it is, the issue that that should be addressed is what medium do we come up with that works for VR, not yeah. how can we make current media work for VR. Right. So I think that that's that's going to be the thing where it's like. Yeah, you could figure out a way to sit there and and be part of the 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 scene on the dock in Casablanca where he kisses her and they fly away, she flies away, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Or you can just be like, yeah, movies are movies, VR experiences are VR yeah, experiences, yeah. and let's start a whole new paradigm and start a whole new way of. Um, our friend Christopher Tinkle, 
Chris Tinkle, the the comedian. Yeah. Um, I interviewed him for another podcast uh, earlier this week, and he's actually going to film a 360 comedy special. And what we talked about doing was putting it on the table in the middle of the maybe second row. Okay. So you look upstage and you have a small row of people in front of you, but they're not like in front of you blocking your view. They're just yeah. there. Yeah. Him up on stage and then it's all the crowd around. So if you're part of the crowd, like one of the things people commonly do is when you laugh, you kind of look over the people next to you. You can have that experience while still watching the show as if you're in the comedy club. Yeah. See, to me, that's a great idea because sitting and watching something and experiencing like that in a static state, but you still look around yeah, is what that kind of lends itself to. So, I mean, you can have comedy specials where you're actually in the crowd and then you could do it at larger venues where yeah. you're watching concerts yeah, or whatever. And uh, I feel like that is a really good sort of jump off point for that kind of medium. And then having scripted content made for the idea, like you could sit there and be like, you know, like, let's say it's like a crime scene and you, you, you roll up on it and they're like, hey, you know, detective, whatever. You should probably look over there and check out the body and then right. you turn and there it is. And almost like a video game, how it directs you and kind of do that and ease ease into it that way. I mean, I think, I think that's what they have to think of it as like building new media for that rather than expressing old media out to try to make it work. But you're still doing it like with the comedy and the, you know the video game, none of that stuff needs to be in a 360 cam. None of that stuff needs to be in VR. No, no, like that, that, I, that's I, what I'm saying is those kind of things are easy because they're static. I'm saying for stuff that really shows off what VR can do as far as entertainment goes, you're going to have to come up with a whole new venue. For sure. Yeah. 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 Like, like it, it making old movies VR yeah. isn't going to make sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're exactly. And it's, it's, I feel like it's still, they still have to get past the people actually wearing something on their head because people really don't want to put on a helmet and goggles to be able to go watch a movie or do a video game. Sometimes they just want to sit and watch a movie without, you know, even, even now, like putting on 3d glasses sometimes it's like, Oh, I don't want to watch through glasses. I just want to watch this movie, you know? And, I feel like VR and headsets and, you know, the, I think it's the Oculus now has, Oculus Rift. yeah, they have the actual, uh, controllers, yeah. which let you basically move your hands and they have a boxing game and all that. You, you stand there. And you're able, it's punches. able to track your hands in, yeah. in space. So yeah. you're, whenever you move your hands or do something, it, it, it reads that and shows it to you in the, in the headset, like your hands are actually there and usable. Yeah. You know, and that's all, okay, so now i got to hold these handles, and i got to put on this headset, and then not all headsets have um, sound, so, like, you have to plug in something to your headset and then put on, you know, the, yeah. the headphones to hear. So it's it's still a not, I would say it's not, like, ready for average consumer. For as sure. As far as virtual... Like, you're going to reach out to the niche people. Like, you know, and it's been around for a while, and I feel like it's it's something interesting, but I feel like it's along the lines of 3D, where it'll be interesting and it'll be cool to people, but in the end, you know... You're not paying the money that it's worth to get it. To yeah, go. I'm not going to go, oh, this is cool. Yeah, it's you're paying whatever, 300 bucks, 400 bucks for the headset. Um, 
you know, you're still paying for games or content sometimes, and then you have to pay for controllers, and then it's just, yeah, it's not, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, it's, it's And honestly, the mainstream. headphone thing, I feel, the headset thing, I feel super vulnerable if I was to do that. And that's yeah, because, not comfortable for people. Yeah, you want to be in a space, like, you would have to do it in, like, a room or a place in your house. Like, I have kids, so I wouldn't feel like I could put that on and just play a game with right. the kids. I, you know, I, I want to be able to see them. Because if I'm playing a video game on, on a TV, I can look over and see my kid who's, you know, playing with his toys or whatever he's doing. And then I can go back. I can constantly check. But you got the headset on and you're just, like, locked in. That's what you're doing. And because it's VR and, you're, you're gonna, you know, you should have your ears and your eyes and your hands, everything should be in that immersed in that experience you're just it's not you can't be doing anything else at the time so yeah and, you, and if you're going to do the whole experience immerse yourself in it then get in the experience don't go so you you don't you can't really half-ass it and be like okay well exactly i will put one earphone in so it's like you're not <laughs> then you're not really doing it right right so i mean you know another thing i was thinking we were talking about like going to a theater and putting on a helmet well if it's actually vr you can they'll probably just have it streamed to your, to your house yeah so, I mean, if it's VR, you just watch it at home. You don't have to go anywhere, which, will, which is another way that the theaters are dying off, I'm sure, whenever they figure this whole thing out. But, yeah. You know. It'll probably be like a pay service where you would pay to have the games or like a right. Netflix straight to the home. Everything the is streaming now, dude. Like, nothing is. Yeah. That's the, yeah, the rise of broadband in the world. That's what happens. Oh, the big solar flare, and it'll all get knocked out. <laughs> Yeah, or one of those things is uh, the Quasar Pulse that can basically knock out everything, all the um, all the electronics on the planet. Yeah, like and there's really no no way to predict when it will happen. They just happen from time to time. If we're in the if we're in the direct path of it, then we're Fuxville. Nice. Yeah. Let me start all over again. Start building pyramids. Building pyramids and cooking over fire. Yeah, cooking meat. Burning wood. Killing animals and cooking them. You still do that now? <laughs> you can, you but can. it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. I mean, unless you're in like a designated killing animals area, or Texas, which is entire designated <laughs> killing animals area. Colorado, I think. Yeah, Colorado, Texas, some parts of California. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think this was fun. We had. Yeah. A, we had. A, I think we've had an episode yet. Where we haven't mentioned Marvel, but Marvel? that's okay. I did see Solo. That was. Uh... Oh, you finally saw it? I did. How was it? Uh, that good, huh? No, I fucking loved the movie. Really? I thought it was hands down better than Last Jedi, hands down better than Rogue One, and I would put it in probably top five Star Wars movies. Really? Yeah. How's my boy Woody Harrelson? He's great. Ah, uh, you gonna see it? Can yeah, see that's it? I. I saw it like I think I saw it like two or three days before. We saw Ant Man. My wife got home from work, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go. All the kids are asleep. I'm just gonna go." I saw like a ten o'clock movie, and uh, you know, it was late in the run, so it was like a couple weeks ago. So it was in a, one of the really small theaters. Is this still out now? I think I think so. It might be, it's probably closing up its run, too. I should probably go see that, too. Yeah, but see it if you, if you get a chance. I think it's going to be, I think they announced the Blu-ray, too. So, I think okay. next month it's on 
Blu-ray, I think it's coming out after Infinity War. They just announced that Blu-ray too. Yeah, I heard that today. I heard the announcement of that. You see the right Deadpool Blu-ray, it's like a 15, 20 minutes more cut. Sweet. Yeah, that should be fun. But yeah, solo. See it. It's good. Okay. I will check I it out. It. I will check it out. Good old hand. Yeah. Alright. Oh, Alright, man. Well, we'll talk to y'all next time. Yes, hopefully with less dollars. Hopefully, ain't cats. <laughs> <And> cats, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little too tall, could've used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering down. She was a black haired beauty with big dark eyes. And points all her own, sudden way up high. Cornfields where the woods got heavy Out in the back seat of my 60 Chevy Working on mysteries without any clues Working on our night moves Trying to make some front page driving news Working on our night moves In the summertime Some pie in the sky, some We were just young and restless and bored Living by the sword And we'd steal away every chance we could the back room to the alley or the trusty woods I used her, she used me, but neither one cared We were getting our share Working on our night moon Trying to lose an awkward teenage blues Working on a night In a funny how the night moves When you just don't seem to have as much to lose Strange how the night moves 
without them closing in.